Okay, today's daf is Samach Zayin, and we are on Samach Vav Amud Bet. We are at the wide lines. That's the uh, one, two, three, four, six lines from the bottom. Ash, right? Yeah. Oh, the widest. Yes, that's right. So this is discussing the issue of Korban Pesach and the issue of Tum'ah. And a comparison between Korban Tamid and, and Pesach. So, Ashkachan Tamid Pesach didachu Shabbat. So, one of the things we established yesterday that Hillel said, uh, he made the equation between Korban Tamid of every day, which is, overrides Shabbat. It's 365 days a year, it doesn't matter. Even Shabbat, even Yom Kippur, there's always Korban Tamid. That on one hand. And on the other side, uh, Korban Pesach also overrides Shabbat. That was the chidush of, that Hillel brought, that he learned from Shemaiv Avtalion. And it's based on this, uh, the, the reason why it's a novel idea is because the Korban Pesach straddles the fence between being a communal Korban of a holiday and being a personal Korban. Because, so it's unusual in that way. Because even if a per, even on a Yom Tov where a person is obligated to let's say bring a korban chagiga, he has to bring a korban that he eats as his Yom Tov meal. If it falls on Shabbat, they don't bring it. Was it struggle to be on two sides? Okay, so uh, so if it's Shabbat, yeah, that's so Shabbat they can't bring the chagiga because that's for the purpose of the person eating. Right, so that so in the so here it's really a chidush. So anyway, so it says tamid the shabbat the chut tumah minal. And how do you know that the that also tumah is pushed off? In other words, if the majority of the community uh, is uh, is tamay, so that we continue on with these korbanot even in the circumstance of tumah, whether it's a korban pesach, korban tamid. So it says, Shabbat. So just like we learn the Pesach from the Korban Tamid regarding Shabbat. So, you know, it shouldn't be only a one-way street in life. You know, it's better to have mutual relationship. So just like we learn from the Korban Tamid that to the Korban Pesach, the Korban Pesach learned something from the Korban Tamid that it can, that it can override Shabbat. We're going to let the Korban Tamid learn something from Pesach. It's going to learn that even though the majority of the people are Tamid, we continue with Korban Tamid, no matter what, okay, and Pesach Gufei Minalan. So then, that 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 begs the question, as they say, you know, where do we get the idea that Koban Pesach is uh, it overrides uh, Tumah? That if a per- that if the majority of the community, obviously, an individual who's Tamid is not allowed to bring Koban Koban Pesach. What happens if the whole community? Let's just say, for argument's sake, it's really the majority. Whatever. Let's say everybody is Tamid. Okay. So what do you do then? So you can bring the Korban Pesach. That's the Chidush. But where do we get that from? When it talks about Pesach Sheni, it says, a person who is Tamei, Lanefesh, isn't allowed to bring the Korban Pesach, meaning an individual. Which means, a man, a person, individual, is pushed off the Pesach Sheni. But the community is not pushed off the Pesach Sheni. They go ahead and they do it even in a state of Tum'ah. Only an individual is given that exception. So if the entire... Uh, if the entire community were Tameh, or the, even really the majority, so then they would not, th- those rules would be waived for that year, they would be suspended, and everybody could just bring the Korban Pesach B'Tumah. We're not going to make everybody do Pesach Sheni. Elav de B'Tumah. Amalei Rosh Laki, Rabbi Shubel Laki, Rabbi Yochanan, Ema, Ish, Nedchal Pesach Sheni, Tzibor Let Lehuta Kanta, Loba Pesach Shav, Loba Pesach Sheni. You're making a pretty radical interpretation of the Pasuk here. Pasuk says that, if a, that only a person, only an individual can defer their Pesach Rishon to Pesach Sheni. Maybe that's not what it means. Maybe what it actually means is that if it's an individual, he can do Pesach Sheni, and if it's a community, there's nothing he can do. Maybe, it's, maybe there's nothing. I mean, if the whole community, then they just, there's no Pesach that year. 
Right? So how do you know it's better for the community? Meaning the community gets an exemption of the rules of Tumah. Maybe it's not that way. Maybe it's that the community is, is stuck. There's nothing they can actually do. Eh, so therefore, where's the Ela? But everybody actually agrees on the halacha that the, that the Tumah is, you know, is, we override the Tumah for the community. So where does he get it from? So he says that Pasuk won't prove it because all that Pasuk shows is that an individual has the benefit of Pesach Sheni and the community does not. But that doesn't show you that the community can override the laws, laws of, uh, of, uh, of Tumah. So therefore, what is Rabbi, what is going to say? He says, Ela Lakish It says the Pasuk says in the beginning of Parashat Nasir, so actually, beginning, it's uh, towards the beginning of Sefer Bamidbar. So it says, you should send out from the camp everyone who has Tzara'at and everyone who, has, who is a Zav and everyone who is Tamele Nefesh. Now, there were three Machanot in the, uh, in, in the uh, Midbar, in the desert. There was what's called Machane Shechina, which is the Mishkan itself. Obviously, no Tamei person can go in there. There was something called Machane Leviyah which is where the Levi'im were. The Levi'im surrounded the Mishkan. They made like a layer of surrounding of the Mishkan, meaning their camp was around the, uh, was around the perimeter of the Mishkan. And then outside of that, you had all of the other Shvatim, all of the other tribes, which was called Machane Yisrael. So you have three levels. That's something just to keep in mind. And these three levels are paralleled in, uh, also in, um, in Halakha, that there's such a thing as Machane Yisrael is like, let's say the city of Jerusalem would be like Machane Yisrael. And then you have Harabai, it would be considered like Machane Levia. And then the Bet HaMikdash, obviously, is Machane Shechina, is the primary, uh, the primary uh, place of, of sanctity. So the, re- the relevance of that is that, let's say, a Mitzorah is sent out of all three Machanot, which means he's not allowed to even go into a city. He has to, he has to be uh, isolated. He's outside totally. A person who is Tamei uh, with, with Tumot that come from their body is not allowed to go on Harabait. <laughs> but a person who is tamemet is allowed to go. Okay, just not somebody who is, uh, who has uh, one of the types of tumah that comes from their body. And then finally, no tamay person at all is allowed to go, obviously, into the Bet HaMikdash itself. So this is the reason why the people who go on Harabayit, I'm not saying should or should not, I'm just saying the people who go have to go to the mikveh because of tumat keri. They have to go to the mikveh because they, because of they had relations or they were balkeri. But the, what about the fact that they're tamemet? So what, what good does it do that they uh, go to the mikveh that doesn't help them? The answer is because a tamemet person is allowed to go on Harabayit. He's just not allowed to go on the Bet HaMikdash. It's one of the, it's one of the, uh, re, one of the, as we're going to learn actually in this Gemara, I was going to talk about it. It's one of the ways in which Tumatmet is more lenient than a Tumah that comes from your body. But we're going to see. Now, they, so in any case, that's the Pasuk. So, Yomar Tumatmetim, Val Yomar Zavinum Tzorayin. So Reish Lakish says, why does the Pasuk have to make all three of these categories and say, send out from the camp everyone who is Tzarua, everyone who is Zav, everyone who is, has Tzarat, everyone who has the flow from their body, the Zav, and Kol Tamei Just say that any person who is Tamei has to leave. And of course, if everyone who is Tamei has to leave, everybody has to leave. Right, so why does it have to say all three? Because there's actually a situation where we ban zavim and mitzoraim, but we don't ban people who have tumat met. And when is that? That's Pesach habah That's when the Pesach comes. Now, this is an interesting point. I didn't mention it before because I didn't want to tell you everything the Gemara is going to say. But we've actually learned it before in other Gemarot, but it's easy to forget that this whole idea of Pesach Habab or that the communal korbanot are brought even in a state of Tum'ah only refers to Tum'at Met. It doesn't refer to other kinds of Tum'ah. 
Which means if like the entire community was Tameh because they all touched a dead Sheretz or something like that, they actually wouldn't be able to bring the Pesach B'Tum'ah. The only case where the rule of Tum'ah is waived is for Pesach, is for uh, Tum'at Met. Why that is, I don't know, but that's the Gzerat Katuv that the, I'm sure there is a deeper reason for it, but uh, that would be beyond the scope where of the Gemara itself. Where do we learn that, that that's Gzerat What? Where do we learn that this is... It's going to talk about it in the Gemara, but I'm, I'm just telling you it as a matter of fact. This that Gemara takes a week. I mean, there's no way they can get... Cleansed. Okay, you could, you, you could give good reasons yeah. for it, but the fact of the matter is, if I'm Tameh on the day of Korban Pesach, even if I have a one-day Tumah and I miss it, I miss it. So what's the difference how many days it takes me, you know? I'm not saying that that's not the reason. I'm saying, we, I, I don't know for sure what the reason is. I'm sure there is a reason, but it's treated as Gzerat HaKetuvah, and we're going to see. But that's what he says here. He says, there's a case where a mitzvah... What? There's no, there's no case. There could never be a case where everybody is tamay for other reasons <laughs> except for... Huh? I don't understand what yeah, you mean. He's saying for Let's say there was a big funeral of a Gedol Hador and everybody went. Everybody became tamay and it was three days before Pesach. What do we do now? It takes seven days no matter what. So yeah, so how are you going to do it? You could have a situation where everybody's tamay. Let's say, God forbid, there was a war and there are dead people everywhere. You know, I don't know, and everyone became to my mate. It could happen, right? So, in any case, the point is that you could that if every if the majority of people are to my mate, so that's when the, that's when we waive the requ- requirement of of purity for, but not for mitzvah, even not for zavim. So he's, and he says, I learned that from the fact that it has to say send out the Tmeimet and also send out the Mitzvah and also send out the Zav, meaning that there are cases where we don't send out the Tmeimet. We only send out the people who are Zav and Mitzvah. Amar says, So according to that, though, you don't need all three categories, right? You only need two, Zav and Tmeimet. Because there's never a case where you exclude the Zav and not the Mitzvah. They're both the same. In other words, you're saying there's a case where a Tamem Met person is treated more leniently than any other Tum'ah. But so then why do you, and that the Pasuk that says, send out anyone who is a Zav, anybody who is a Mitzoran, anybody who is a Tamela Lanefesh, anybody who is Tamem Met. So but why do you need to mention Zav and Mitzoran? They're both the same according to your Drasha. You're only distinguishing between Tamem Met and the other ones. So, Ela, yes, lechashash Mitzoran, Mishtalchi, ve'en Zavim, Mitzoran, Mitzoran, Mishtalchi, ve'en Zavim, Right? So, um, so what is so he so he said that uh oh wait I skipped something, right? Iachi Lema Mazuelokoshka, right? Ela yes the Khasha, Shabbatoimishtalachim. There's a situation where Mitzvah Inna sent out, the en Zavinu Matme Metimishtalachim. Right? And that and Zavim and Tmeimetim are not sent out. So in other words, maybe you'll conclude, he's not saying that that's true, he's saying maybe you'll conclude that uh, that Zavim also were allowed to bring, the, if most of the people are Zavim, now that I agree is very unlikely, but let's say it happened, you know, there was a, so, you, so most of the people are Zavim, also they'd be able to bring it. It says, no, maybe you'll say that's true, but then we learn in the Mishnah that Pesach Abba Bitumah, Right, that we said that if the, basically if you have even if the Pesach comes bitumah, the only people allowed to eat from it are the people who are tumemet, not the zavim and the mitzoraim and all of these other types of tumah. No other tumah has leniency; they will be excluded. So, ironically, even though the people eating the korban Pesach that year are actually tamei with a strict tumah, they're all tumemetim, but. The person who is a mitzvah or a zav or some other tumah that you might consider a lesser tumah can't eat from it. 
That's the halacha. So, so why do you need all three of those words in the pasuk? Is not explained. Let's go back to the original pasuk. Because since they're eating it betumah anyway, they're not going to be chayav karet for eating a, a korban betumah. We can't really say that that korban is pure. Oh, so big in the in that, right? You're not going to be able to say that that korban is pure, so you can't really say they violated the purity of the korban, but they weren't really allowed to. Right, but if they do, they okay. right. So now it says, So he's going back to the pasuk that Rabbi Yochanan brought. Let's go back to the pasuk that said ish ish, right? That said each person, right? So it says kiyatamela nefesh lamali. So it says since it says right. So in other words, since it says kiyatamei, since it said that the person is tamei, so la nefesh lamali. Right, so wh- why does it have to say de- tame for a dead body? And if you're going to tell me that this is the reason, right, that the only person who's pushed off the pesach sheni, maybe you'll say the other way. Maybe you'll say the reason why it mentions a person who is tame for a dead body, and it doesn't mention any other tumah when it talks about korban pesach, is because only a person who's tame for a dead body gets a second chance on pesach sheni. Maybe that's what you'll say, but that's not true. Vatani, we learned yechol do you all seen pesach sheni elat meimetin Maybe we'll take the Torah literally, and it says a person who was tame from a dead body or who was on a journey. Maybe every other type of tumah can't have a makeup there in pesach sheni. Zavim How do you know that a person was a zav or had relations with a nida or he was a mitzvah? How do you know that he can also make up for pesach rishon or pesach sheni? ish ish, right? Because it says. Any person. So meaning to say it includes any Tamei person. It's just giving you an example. The Torah is giving an example of a person who's Tamei But that's not essential. So if that's true, So then why do I need the word Lanefesh in the Pasuk? It's extra. To tell you, The reason why it mentions the Tumah of a dead body, in other words, is not to tell you about the individual. Because the individual, no matter what he was Tamei from, he can make it up on Pesach Sheni if he missed Pesach Rishon. But the community, when they are allowed to break the laws of Tum'ah, is only for the rule of Tum'at Me'et. No other Tum'ah. That's why it mentions Tamei Lanefesh, Ish Ish, Kiyat Tamei Lanefesh. That if the community is Tamei Lanefesh, they're allowed to bring the Korban Pesach. Right? A person, actually, an individual who misses Pesach Rishon for any reason... With any type of tum'ah or he wasn't there is allowed to make it up on Pesach Sheni no matter what as long as he didn't do it on purpose right like he didn't not show up but he he, uh, he was away or he was tamay it doesn't matter what kind of tum'ah but for the community if they are all tamay and the tum'ah is tumat nefesh then they're allowed to bring the korban Pesach so bitumah. This is from double-ish or no? This is from the word lanefesh. Why does it mention lanefesh? Right? They can only do it when it's tumat met. In other words, the specification of tumat met is not to tell you about Pesach Sheni for the individual. It's to tell you about when the community can bring Korban Pesach as a group. If a, a, a mitzvah comes in, Okay, meaning he goes into the uh, uh, the um, the city of Jerusalem because that's the area, that's the boundary he's not allowed to enter. Right? Rashi says, the place he's not allowed to go. Really, actually, I think I always use Jerusalem as an example, but really any walled city in Israel he's not allowed to go in. Right? And he's patrumi malkot. 
he doesn't get Malkot. Why? Because it says he should sit alone outside of the camp. We have what's called Lava Nitak Whenever a negative commandment is connected to a positive commandment, we don't give Makot since there's a chance for you to fix it. In other words, like for example, when it says as a famous case, it says send away the mother bird and you can take the little birds or you can take the eggs, right? Since unless you break the wings, like the Gemara talks about a Masachet Makot, unless you make it impossible for you to send the mother bird away for so, in some way, um, you didn't really com- complete the sin because you can always just send the mother bird away. In other words, even if you took them together, you can always send the mother bird away afterwards. So there's always a way to fix it. So so too, so even though the Mitzvah came in, he can go back out. So it's Lava Nitak Anyway, there is an objection. It says in the Brayta, and that if a Mitzorah goes inside to the city, he's going to get Makot. 40 Makot. Similarly with Zavim and Zavot, who are not allowed to go in to the, uh, to the uh, Bet HaMikdash. I'm sorry, to the uh, Harabayit even. 40 Makot. Right? And then, uh, the Tememet person is allowed to come into the Levitical camp, which we call Harabayit today, right? Even to bring a dead body to Harabayit is not prohibited. Because we know that, that Moshe was a Levi. And he kept Yosef's bones in his area. Yeah, it's in this week's parasha. Because he fulfilled the promise that Yosef made them to take. So, so meaning that Moshe kept it in Machane Leviyah, even though Machane Leviyah is uh, holier than the regular Machane Israel. And as I mentioned before, that's why when people go on Harabayit, they're only worried about going to the Mikveh because of Tumat uh, that comes from their body. They're not worried about Tumat because that you're allowed to go. Right? So, so what do you see from here? This Braita is saying that a Mitzvah that goes into the city gets Makot. But you told me a second ago that a Mitzvah doesn't get Makot because it can always walk back out. So which one is it? Tanai hi tamakhluk tanaim, detani badad yashab, levado yashab. Shelo yut meen akhirim yashbin imo. It says that he's supposed to sit alone. There's not supposed to be other tamay people with him, meaning that other tamay people don't have to go out there, right? Yakhol you, zavim ve tamay metim shtalakhil makhane akhat. Maybe you'll think that zavim and tamay metim have the same restriction. They have to be sent out to the same level, right? So but Talmud lomar, velo yitamut makhanehem, leten makhanel ze. From the fact that it says machanehem, their machanot, it means that they each have an, a, a, spe, a specific restriction. So that means that the mitzvah has to be outside of all three camps, right? And we said that the zavim only have to be outside of machaneleviyah, but they could be in machane Israel. And the and 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 tumah could be even in machaneleviyah, but it can't. The tumat met cannot be in machane shchina. Cannot go into the bet hamikdash. Those are the three. Levels. Rabbi Yehuda is saying you learn it from the fact that it says in the pasuk, "Machanehem velo yitameu et machanehem." That you should not. Um, that you should not. Uh, um, uh, defile the uh, the camps and Rashi is saying the ikatana de la maitela kolase el tenlo machanesh lishit. Says he's using the pasuk to to explain that there are three camps. In other words, if you use the the pasuk to teach you the additional camp, then you can't use it to say that there's a positive mitzvah for him to leave that, that corrects his negative commandment, right? You can, you can only say that if you say, Badad Moshavo is a positive commandment, meaning that it tells you that it fixes the mistake that he made by going in the city and therefore he won't get makot if he goes back out, right? That's not Rabbi Huda, because Rabbi Huda is saying, no, no, that pasuk just tells you that there's a level of distance that the mitzvah has to have that's more than the other people. Right. right. 
So that, that yeah, that's the and then Rabbi Shimon Omer. You don't need that. It already tells you that there are three categories. Right? The three categories are the person who has Tuma that comes from his body, the person who's a Mitzoran, the person that's Tememet. Three categories. Right? So, if you had Tuma Tumet, you don't need Zav. Right? So, obviously, if a person who became Tame from something outside of his body is sent out, certainly a Zav. Right? So, therefore, Zav, Right, and that's to tell you that a zav has a further level of distance than someone who's tamei because a tamei is only allowed to not not allowed to go into the Beit Hamikdash, but the zav is not even allowed to go into the Levitical camp. The Yomar zav, the Yomar mitzuran. If it told you zav, it wouldn't need to say mitzuravah. The Yomar zav, mishalachim mitzuravah. Lo kosheke, because if a zav has to leave, then certainly a mitzuravah has to leave. But lama nemar mitzuravah liten lo machanesh lishit. That's why it has to give him. Uh, it says mitzuravah in that pasuk. It says kol tamei vechol zav. Vechol, I'm sorry, kol tsaro vechol zav. Vechol tamei lanavish. You that they each have their own level of distance that they have to keep, right? Keshuomer badad yeshev hakatuv niteko leasei. But we're, so, according to Rabbi Shimon, when it says that the mitzvah should sit alone, that is a, a positive mitzvah. So even if he violates the commandment by entering into the area that he's not supposed to. Since he has a positive mitzvah to go sit outside, he can have, he can fulfill that mitzvah in lieu of being punished. And instead of being punished, he goes and he fulfills the positive mitzvah of going back outside. That's called lava nitak le'asei. It's a lav, it's a negative commandment that is attached to a positive commandment. But now the Gemara is going to ask a more technical question. Because you said that if I know that a tmeimet has to leave, definitely a zav has to leave. Why do you think a zav is worse than a person who is tmeimet? We generally think of tumat mit as a viavota tumat. It's so strict. Yeah. And it is the most strict tumah, and yet in certain ways it's not. What makes Zav more strict? Shekin tumayota alav migufo. Because the tumah emerges from the person himself. He is the source of tumah. Even if you became tameh from touching a dead body, you're not the source of the tumah, right? You are just, you contracted the tumah from the dead body. But here we're saying that you're actually the source of tumah's words. Adirabah says you are, you can say the opposite. Tumemet chamur, sheken te'un What about the fact that the purification process of tumah temet is so much more complicated? That should make tumah temet much more strict. Right, it sounds like uh, impurity from the dead is more strict because you have to go to the para aduma third day, seventh day. You have to. Do it. It's complicated. It says amarkat right? So it says because it says that comes to include somebody who is tamei from a sheretz. And in other words, what it's saying is you're right. The Gemara is acknowledging you're right. There's something about tumatmet that is stricter than uh, than zav, but really the word vechol tamelanafesh comes to tell you that we're talking about any kind of tumah you contract from something other than yourself, including a sheretz, and a sheretz is doesn't require shlishi ushvi'i. It doesn't require third day, uh, you know, three and seventh day. Uh, uh, of para aduma, so you can't use that excuse. There, the zav is definitely stricter than tumacheretz. Vezav chamor mitumacheretz umai chumrei kedamaran. And what's the strictness? Because it comes from your body, like we said before, it comes from your body, and you can't tell me that a sheretz tumacheretz is uh, is somehow a uh, stricter tumah than um, than zav. It's definitely not right. Adraba. Sheretz chamur. No, I'm going to tell you that sheretz is worse. Why? Sheken mitame beonis. Because nobody cares why you touch the sheretz or how. Even if it fell on you against your will, you become tamay. It doesn't matter. It's like it's more like tumatmet. You had contact with the dead body. It doesn't matter. 
the Nazir, it says, Ki, you know, he, somebody dies, somebody died, and uh, it was sudden and unexpected, he still becomes Tamed, it doesn't matter, right? So, right, well, that's the answer, but the point is that a, that a Zav, generally we say, if it's honest, in other words, if he ate something, or he drank something, or he was sick, or he did too much exercise. He was doing uh, some, uh, you know, heavy exercise, and as a result of that, he saw the uh, tumat zav. Since it's not attributable to a condition in him, it's something which was caused by an external force. It's not called ziva. It's not called ziva. So if he knows that, oh, I ate very heavy food, and then I had this emission from my body. It wouldn't be Tameh. So you see that there's a difference. Whereas if a person touches a dead sheretz, it doesn't matter why or where he fell out of a window and fell on it, it doesn't matter. But when it comes to Ziva, we do care what the cause is. So in that way, Ziva is considered to be less strict than Tumat Sheretz. Because Tumat Sheretz is absolute. But the Gemara says, Amrei ki hai gavna zav But there is a circumstance in which a Zav does become Tameh no matter what, which is... But like Ravuna said, the first time that the Zav sees the emission of Zivut is it doesn't matter what the cause is. Only for the second and third times. Okay, the second and third times are uh, what make him into a, a have a stricter tumah because the first time, what? Yeah, he's like a sheretz. The first time, it's just the fact that he had the emission. It doesn't matter that he has, whether he has the condition or not. But the second and the third, the third brings him to have to bring a korban. The second one brings him to have to have the period of waiting. That's a longer period of waiting of the seven days. So that, the second and the third have to be not caused by an extraneous force. And actually, even the first one, in order to qualify, they have to check and make sure that it wasn't for an extra, from an extraneous cause because all three of them have to be from an internal cause to require him to bring the korban. But the first time, Nobody cares why it happened. He's going to be tame for one day. Just like Balkari will be tame for one day. So in that way, the Zav is not different than the Sheretz. The Zav and the Sheretz are the same because the first time the Zav sees the emission, he's going to be tame. And the Sheretz, it doesn't matter why he, why he had contact with the Sheretz or how, he's going to be tame. So, so why are we, now the Gemara asks, why do we always assume that the Mitzorah is stricter than the Zav? What makes the Mitzorah worse than the Zav? So it says, the answer is, because because first of all, the, uh, the, the Mitzorah is not allowed to cut his hair. Second of all, he has to tear his clothing. And third of all, he's not allowed to have marital relations. That's what it means. He has to sit outside of his tent. It doesn't, not just talking about a physical place that he has to be outside the city, but it also means he can't have marital relations. So that's stricter than Azav. Azav doesn't have any of those rules. Uh, he doesn't have to grow his hair long. He doesn't have to tear his clothing. And he doesn't have to refrain from marital relations. So says, no. We should say that actually Azav is stricter because if you think about the type of Tumah that he transmits, even if Azav sits on something, if he sits on a seat or a bed, even if there's 20 pillows between him and the bed, we know he's going to make the bed Tamei. The bed actually becomes Tamei the same level that he is Tamei, right? If, the, if he lies on a bed, if, if a Mitzvah touches something, it also becomes Tamei. But the thing is, if Azav lies on a bed, it, it, it has as strict a Tum as him, right? That's the idea of the Nida also. 
If she lies on a bed, it becomes as the, the same level. It becomes like an Ava Tum'ah in its own right. He can create another Ava Tum'ah. He has a stricter Tum'ah than a, uh, which is the Mishkavu Moshav. And also Heset, which is if he moves something, even without touching it, he's the cause of the move. So there's like 10 pillows in between him and this thing, but he, he pushes it and, and, and it causes something on the other end to move. It's also going to be considered like touching. So that's the stringency about the Zav that uh, is more than a Mitzvah. So it says, Amar Kra. Zav v'chol zav. You're right. Again, we're going to have to take the word v'chol and say that that zav, you're right. Zav itself has certain elements that are stricter than mitzvah, but v'chol zav, it says kol tzawa v'chol zav, right? And zav includes rabot balkeri. Includes balkeri. O mitzvah chamur balkeri. And for sure, mitzvah is stricter than balkeri because balkeri doesn't have those laws of moshav, mishkavu moshav, if he lies on a bed, if he sits on a seat, that he makes it as tamay as he is. It doesn't have any of those rules. Right? So, umay chumrei. And what's the stringency of mitzvah? Kedamar, like we just said. We just said that the, the mitzvah has to cut his, is not allowed to cut his hair, has to tear his garments, and isn't allowed to have relations. Maybe a balkeri should be worse than a mitzvah. Because a mitzvah has, there's a certain measurement of the, uh, of the presence of the tzarat on the body of the mitzvah to, 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 right, to, to qualify. Whereas the tiniest drop of emission from the body can make a person balkeri. So obviously Balkari is stricter. It says, no. Even, uh, even a Zav or a Balkari, there's a minimum amount. It has to be the amount that would fill the opening on the end of the organ. That's the amount. It can't be an, an, a, a tiny, minuscule drop to make the person Tamei. Fine, they didn't agree. The rabbis didn't agree with the Rabbi Ishmael, but that's still something. No, but the point is that it has a measurement. It has a measurement, just like each thing has its measurement. That doesn't make it, that doesn't matter because each measurement is relative to it. It's like saying something that, you know, on Shabbat, is it strict, is water stricter for carrying than this other item because you have to carry more water or less? No, it's just each subject has its own measurement, but saying bimashu is more strict because bimashu means there's no measurement. It's infinite, you know, it's infinite. Now, vitkazabalkelezav, Right, so uh, so the so the balkari is compared to the zav. Fine, so that means that uh, according to Rabbi Natan, at least there's a measurement for zav and balkari, and therefore zav and balkari are not as strict as uh, are, are you know are not because of that stricter than mitzvah. Now it says v'chol tzawalamali. So we explained v'chol tamei nefesh includes even other things that are outside of your body that make you tamei like a sheretz, and we said that v'chol zav comes to include even the balkari. What does v'chol tzarua come to include? Right. What does that bring? So we cash the balkeri. I did the ketiv kol zav. You know what? You don't need an explanation for that. The pasuk is, you know, symmetrical. So it says kol tzawa bechol zav bechol tamei lenafish. Since it's going to say kol tamei lenafish and it's going to say kol zav, it also says kol tzawa. Even though tzawa is not really a category, there's nothing else in that category. It's not like zav where you could say, well, zav is also related to balkeri. It's just like a more extreme uh, version. Or you could say that actually, like tumat met is like a more extreme version of sheretz. Sheretz is a dead creature, and uh, tumat met is dead uh, a person. You know, so you could say it's more in a continuum. But there's nothing like tzarat. So obviously, there's no reason for it. You see from this, it's actually an interesting thing to notice that the, th- that's a very bold move by the Gemara. Just to say, well, now the word kol is just there for, uh, uh, to match the other words. There's no drasha from it. The Gemara always finds a drasha for everything. But you see that there's a limit to the drashot. If they really don't have, if they really see that there's no, uh, no new thing to learn from it, they don't make something up just to fit the word. They say, so okay, the word is that. Why you say kol? You can just say zav. They're saying for the, you know, that's the beauty of the pasuk to match. Otherwise, it would be an asymmetrical pasuk. That's what it's saying. Right? In any case, so now it says, 
ורבי יהודה, שפיר כאמר רבי שמעון. Didn't Rabbi Shimon answer Rabbi Yehuda really well? In other words, Rabbi Shimon said before that you can use the pasuk of to tell you that there are three different camps. And therefore, the pasuk that says the mitzvah has to stay outside is a positive mitzvah. It's not teaching you about, an, about the third camp of the mitzvah. It's te- about the third level. The third level we already have from the pasuk. So what does Rabbi Yehuda say to that? He'll say, Lechidetani, he's a haumi baile lechidetani. Rabbi Eliezer Omer, Yechol dachku zavinu mitzorayin venechnesu lazarav ha-pesach, ha-babitumah, yechol yu chayavin. You might think that, listen, since the only people who are actually allowed to bring the Korban Pesach bitum'ah are people who are tmeimet, not other tum'ot, so you might think that if the Zavim and Metzora'in break in, as if into the Capitol building, but they break into the Bet HaMikdash, and they say, well, we also want to join in because the Tamei people are going in, we also want to go in. That's very similar, Tamei people go into the building there, right? Right? <laughs> So the idea is that basically only when the Beit HaMikdash is maintaining its high level of purity can we really call the entry of the Mitzorahim and the Zavim into the Beit HaMikdash a violation of the, a, a defiling of the Mikdash. But if we're already bending the rules for the people who are Tmeimet, even though actually the Zavim Mitzoraim are not allowed to come in, they're not welcome to come in because it's only a, le- a license for people who are Tmeimet, we can't really say that they are compromising the purity of the Beit HaMikdash because it's already being compromised because we're already waiving the rules. So they're not allowed to go in, but they're not going to be Chayavim. They're not going to be liable for entering the Beit HaMikdash in a state of Tum'ah because they are going into a Beit HaMikdash which is already quote-unquote being defiled, you know, or b- legally, but being, you know, where it's... it's Tahara is compromised. Similar to what we saw before on the previous Amud, that if the Korban Pesach is being eaten bitum'ah, so then even though other tumot are not really supposed to eat it, Mitzorah and Yoledet and Zav and everything, they're not supposed to eat it. Only Tumemet is allowed to eat the Korban Pesach, it comes bitum'ah. But they're allowed to, but if they do eat it, they're not going to get karet for that. They're not going to be, because you can't say that they defiled the Korban, it was already done bitum'ah. So they're not really adding any tum'ah to the picture over there. Okay, so Bezrat Hashem, we'll pick up from here tomorrow because this is a new uh, piece.